The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. With the Eagles and the... Quote unquote unnamed sources, I'll tell you who I can name, and that is the great Eagles insider John McMullen, who's kind enough to join us tonight. John, it's been too long. How are you, my friend? Good, Ricky. How are you? I can't complain. We are in Florida for the All Star break, uh, you know, getting a little, trying to get a little suntan maybe and, and get a little rest and get ready for a uh, exciting second half of the baseball season. And we're just a couple of weeks away from training camp, obviously. and now this year we'll have three instead of four preseason games for the birds in the month of August. And let me start with the uh, – let me ask you, do you find it strange? I mean, we found out today they're going to have practices against two teams, which is I, – I don't ever remember that happening. Both the Patriots and Jets will share the practice field with Sirianni's troops. Uh, but that's a lot of time, John, in between the final preseason game and the trip to Atlanta for uh, opening day on September the 12th, don't you think? Yeah, and that's part of the reason, Ricky, why they're going around the league to more joint practices. You know, coaches, I used to talk to Doug Peterson about this a lot. He would say, you know, sometimes joint practices are better than, than preseason games from the perspective that you can actually work on certain things. In other words, if he wanted to work on goal line work, he could script that in a practice rather than hoping it would come in the game and you, you had a chance to work at it. So from that standpoint, I think it's going to continue to go in the direction as they scale back in the preseason and, and we're down to three. Hopefully I, I hope we eventually get down to two. Uh, and they well, certainly you, you will know, get down to two you, if they go to 18 games. You know that's coming because you know yeah. that 18th game is is yeah. the next uh, the next boulder to fall here. You know. Yeah, no question. So eventually, that's where they're headed, and you you do have to prepare for the season. I mean, the NFLPA has done a wonderful job. You know, people criticize them all the time, rightfully so, on certain uh financial issues but i gotta tell you when it comes to quality of life and scaling back off-season work they've done a good job with that because there's not a lot of preparation time and coaches are always wringing their hands because especially ones that have been around for a while which is not necessarily the eagles coaching staff but uh because they're so young but uh yeah it's not like it used to be so those those first couple weeks of the regular season, they tend to be a little bit sloppy. All right, let's get to uh, all these unnamed sources. And I hate when it's unnamed sources. Uh, but what's your take on, uh, on you know, these things that came out today, uh, supposedly players, you know, telling what um, – I guess it was Michael Robinson, NFL Network, that came out yeah. and said that there are certain players that – that have their doubts about Nick Sirianni's ability to run a football team? Yeah, well, my take is uh, it's not that big of a deal, number one. I, I said that, I used to say this about Carson Wentz, Ricky. I, you know, when people would say everybody doesn't like Carson Wentz, hey, go line up the next 90 people you meet, and they're not all going to like you. Well, maybe they'll like Ricky Ricardo. I, Ricky Ricardo, I can tell you they're not going to like me. 
I can't find 90 in a row. I mean, that's just natural. Think about the opening press conference, Ricky. Think about how the fans took it. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans said, what the heck is this guy? That's the same way the players are. The players are people. There are certainly players in that locker room who are coming off a pretty successful era, obviously, except for the last season with Doug Peterson, and are probably saying to themselves, yeah, what the heck are we doing here? Um, but that, that to me is human nature. It's not that big of a deal. They'll all give him a chance. Ultimately, if he wins games, he'll be successful. But, yeah, I mean, people are going to question. And, and Lane Johnson coming to his defense immediately on social media, that's great, too, because Lane's a leader of this team, and, and he wants to stick by the coach, and that's a positive. And, you know, we got to talk to Jason Kelsey down the shore a couple weeks ago, and he was saying, giving rave reviews about Nick Sirianni. All that is positive stuff. But, yeah, there are guys that are questioning – uh, whether Nick Sirianni is the way to go as an unproven head coach, a rookie head coach, a guy who wasn't on a lot of people's radar. And remember what people were saying about Doug Peterson, Ricky, uh, yeah. Mike Lombardi, and mm-hmm. this is the least prepared guy in the history of the world to be, <laughs> to be a head coach. In the, how did that work out? Uh, Nick will get his chance. But, yeah, it's human nature that certain people have doubts. And Michael Robinson, by the way, the last part of this, he didn't wake up today and say, oh, I'm going to destroy Nick Sirianni. Players talk to each other. Sure. And he's probably heard a couple things. It's not that big of a deal. All right. Let's take a look at, as you, two weeks out here, take a look at training camp. Uh, and, and, look, you're going to want to have the eye test, and you're going to want to see and feel and listen and smell everything that goes on here. But as we sit here tonight, as we watch the baseball All-Star game, once the All-Star break is finished, it starts to, the N, the letters NFL start to creep more into our conscience on a daily basis, okay? So when you look at the Eagles from, from the, the point of view of it being July, okay, right now, as we start looking toward training camp, give me the strengths and weaknesses of this roster as you see it at this moment? Well, the strengths are easy, uh, and it's typically what it has been in Philadelphia. I mean, really, since Andy got here in 99, it's offensive and defensive line. I mean, that's what they believe in, is building up front on both sides of the football. Um, They're very strong on the offensive line. Uh, And, they, you know, the silver lining to last year and all the injuries and all the attrition – Ricky, was all the young players getting valuable reps. And now they have depth as well to go along with Brandon Brooks being back and Lane Johnson. You know, that's potentially a top-five offensive line. A lot of ifs because you have aging talent that has an injury history. But those guys can play. We all know that. Defensive line as well. Fletcher Cox still plays at a high level. Brandon Graham still plays at a high level. Uh, They're deep. Javon Hargrave. Uh, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett. Uh, so that is the clear strength. And that's good, by the way. If you can block people and you can rush the passer in this league, you're going to win some games. Um, the question marks, look, it's got to start with the quarterback. I, I mean, you've seen it from a national perspective. I think pro football focus was the latest one. They had Jalen Hurts rated 31st to 32nd. Chris Sims, we all know, is, you know, 
um, enemy number one, didn't have him <laughs> in his top 40. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of guys believe in him from a national perspective. And why is that? Well, 52% in the league were 65% is average now. That would be number one. Does he have the accuracy uh, to throw from the pocket? Because at some point, Ricky, you know you can extend plays, you can run the football, but at some point you're going to be in the fourth quarter and it's going to be third and seven. You're going to have to stick your back foot in the ground and convert. Can he do that on a consistent basis? I don't think any of us know. Uh, And, you know, he's going to get one year to prove it. And I'm not sure that's fair because I don't know if this team's ready to win. So I ask myself, Ricky, can Jalen Hurts do anything to keep the Eagles from going for a quarterback, whether it's Deshaun Watson, cleared of allegations, or a top 10 pick next year. I don't know if he can. So that's number one. And then number two would be cornerback. I mean, they have to get a cornerback. And it might be Steven Nelson. It might be somebody else. It might be a via trade. But they need a corner here. Is it money that's holding up uh, this, you know, any interest in Steven Nelson? Because he, he would seem like a natural fit. Uh, he's got friends on the team that uh, I know have been reaching out to him. Uh, we've heard that. Is it strictly money with Nelson? or? Uh, yeah, he's holding on to this hope. It is strictly money. And, and he was, I, I think he was scheduled to make about eight, it might have been eight and a half million with Pittsburgh uh, before uh, he was released. And he wants near that money. And at this point in the game, he's not getting it. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm pushing hard and saying, look, we obviously can't give you that type of money. What we can give you is an opportunity because everybody needs corners in this league. So there are a lot of teams who would be interested in bringing Steven Nelson in. But he's going to have to fight for a job elsewhere. You're not going to have to fight for a job here, Rick. He comes in tomorrow, he's a starting corner opposite Darius Slut. So that opportunity gives him an ability, if he plays well, to go back on the free agent market next spring and make a lot of money. So if I were the Eagles, and I'm sure they have done this, that's what they're pushing. This is is your best opportunity to to prove yourself on a one-year deal. And as we get closer and closer to, to the opening of camps, you would think that the walls may be closing in on a guy like that, and he may, you know, it's really a game of chicken. Who, you know, who reacts first? Uh, am I right, Jack? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it, it's like the baseball trade deadline, Ricky. I mean, deadlines fall in action. So, I mean, as training camp approaches, that's when he'll make his decision. Um, and as a veteran guy, who knows? He might want a couple more weeks off. As, as somebody who does my own show, I know everybody's on vacation this time of year around the NFL. So nobody's doing any business. So as it creeps closer um, to to the opening of training camps around the league, you'll see not only Nelson but other veterans will make their decisions and and come in late. Because remember, you know, teams have already budgeted. Teams have full off-season rosters. So there's not a lot of wiggle room. We talk about Zach Ertz here. What are the Eagles going to do with Zach Ertz? Well, other teams have already budgeted. They've already got their plan at the tight end position. So it becomes much more difficult at this time of year. Any, what are the, or I should actually rephrase that. What are the most significant rule changes that are going to stick out 
you know, real blatantly this year that we have to look out for? There wasn't a lot of massive rule changes this year, which I think is a good thing. I, I, I think the intent uh, and, and the points of emphasis are the bigger deal. And I think a lot of people said we're surprised uh, how how good the season came off last year because of obviously COVID and lack of preparation time and virtual work. And they said the product didn't suffer. I don't know if the product didn't suffer. It's, they didn't call holding. So I think people were more entertained. The games weren't choppy. They let the players play, so to speak. And I think it's going to be more interesting to see what the NFL tells the officials for points of emphasis. Because if they say, we got to pick up holding calls again, I think the game is going to be viewed less aesthetically pleasing uh, than if they do what they did last year. So there's not really a, a drastic rule change this this time around, other than the numbers, maybe the numbers, mm-hmm. uh, guys can wear different numbers and fans will probably like that, uh, to see, uh, different positions having, uh, numbers they're not used to. Single digits on defense, for example, and, and receivers obviously wearing different numbers, uh, it might take a little while to get used to what, I mean, I, Devontae's going to wear number six, I guess, correct? Yeah, he's wearing six. I, I just saw uh, it was Patrick Peterson's birthday. So it was interesting because, you know, that's the Hall of Fame corner for Arizona mm-hmm. uh, for so long. He was seven way back when it, at LSU. At LSU, right. And now he's in Minnesota, so he's got purple, and he's wearing seven. It <laughs> looks like he's back at LSU. <laughs> he's come full circle. Yeah. Oh, we're talking to John McMullen. Eagles insider. All right. Uh, they they don't have Miles Sanders ranked very high, too. We, that came out today. Uh, running back and wide receiver right now. Uh, if you had to break it down, what does it look like? Well, running back, I think it's going to be a, a committee. I, I do think you have to be honest. You know, I, I, I'm going to use another baseball analogy for you. I, I think Miles Sanders was like, a big home run hitter who hit about 230 last year. So think about the old school Dave Kingman. That's who he was last year. Okay. Um, with the big runs, uh, but he didn't catch the football well. He was bad in pass protection. Uh, he didn't necessarily, you know, as they say in the NFL, if it's blocked for four yards, get four yards. Well, too often he would try to kick things outside and try to break the big run. So, the good news for Miles is he realizes he didn't have a good year. And I always think that's good from a player perspective uh, because I think that's the first step to improving. I think he's got a lot of talent, but he's got a lot of work to do, and that's why you see him lowly rated uh, over a number of places over the past couple of weeks. Um, but I do think the Eagles want to use more of a committee approach, and they're going to use, you know, carry on Johnson, for instance, is a great pass protector so if that knee is healthy he's probably going to be your third down back and then if jordan howard if he can get back into the equation he could be your short yardage back so i I think it's going to be that committee approach and then at receiver i look i i think i think Devontae smith has a chance to be a star i don't want to put too much pressure on him and we only got to see him a little bit in OTAs, but he just looks different. 
than any other receiver on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that it's sort of a domino effect. So I'm hoping he becomes a true number one, and then Jalen Rager's more comfortable as a number two, and Travis Fulgham's more comfortable as a number three, never seeing a double team, sort of things like that. But there's a lot of pressure on Devontae Smith to hit the ground running. I think he's got the talent to do it, though. What's the current situation, does anybody know, with the guy that wears number 12 in Green Bay, John? No, nobody knows other than uh, a lot of us know how headstrong Aaron is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of leverage. He doesn't want to play there. I mean, he does not want to play another down for the Green Bay Packers. But is he willing to walk away um, and retire and do sort of what Carson Palmer did? Uh, if you remember, he didn't want to play for the Bengals. He took his ball and went home. He retired. Eventually, the Bengals said, all right, he's serious. He's not coming back. Let's trade him. And then he had the great rest of his career with the Raiders and the Cardinals. Um, the problem with that is, if Aaron Rodgers does that, he's got to give $23 million back to the Packers mm-hmm. uh, with signing bonuses and things of that. And people have told me, well, Aaron doesn't need the money, and he certainly doesn't, but I've yet to meet the person that wants to cut a $23 million check back. Um, oh, yeah. So it is kind of <laughs> loggerheads in the fact that the Packers sort of want him to be the starter for one more season and then go to Jordan Love, and then they'll talk about trading him next year. And Aaron doesn't want to play again. And, and by the way, from the Packers' perspective, I, I don't know why you would want a lame duck ever at the quarterback position or the coaching position. Uh, people tend to realize that teammates, things can go in a negative direction really quickly. But then again, why would you want to replace Aaron Rodgers at all? I, I don't understand that. So, yeah, the Packers screwed this up, and people can talk about Aaron's personality, but when you have a player like that, it's modern sports. you got to make them happy. It's going to be interesting as, uh, you know, camp approaches, and the guy doesn't, if he doesn't show up, and they'll have to go to Jordan Love as their quarterback. It, it may it may flip the uh, the whole NFC, well, which I feel I still think in my gut is Tom Brady's to lose, but you never know because I think the Buccaneers did a hell of a job in re-signing just about everyone, other than you know, other than one wide receiver that they haven't sewn up. Uh, I think it's Tampa Bay's conference to lose, but uh, without uh, Aaron showing up at Packers camp, which I, my gut tells me Johnny's going to show up. I, I agree. Yeah, well, I, I will say. And I've always said this about Packer fans because they have had essentially 30 years of uninterrupted Hall of Fame quarterback play. Right. And they are going to finally learn how the other half works. <laughs> You're absolutely right. John, I thank you for a few minutes tonight. As the season approaches, we're going to reach out to you more and more if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, always appreciate it. Thanks, Ricky. All right. The great John McMullen, ladies and gentlemen, Eagles insider as we uh, approach camp just a couple of weeks away. All right, 215-592-9494. Anything on the birds? 